welcome to a brand new episode of the Bass Interaction Podcast, where we talk about what's going on in the world of high school sports here in Central Jersey. I am, of course, Stephen Bassin, your host. I'm a sports reporter and news reporter for CentralJersey.com, and I am back. Yes, I am back. It's been a while. Um, been about, what, four months since I last did an episode. I think, you know, the last one I did was in January. So I'm sorry for all those that have waited patiently for a new episode of the Bass Interaction Podcast. Um, I've had a lot of stuff come up with work and um, personal life. I had COVID early on this year, so a lot of things happened. But I'm back, and I'm back here to talk about what's going on in the world of high school sports here in Central Jersey. Right now, we're midway through the spring sports season. County tournaments are going on right now. You got conference tournaments, and then the state playoffs starting up later this month and in June. So um, fun time going down here in Jersey. So um. To talk about that and to recap some of it, I'm going to reveal my top 10 baseball and softball rankings, just like I did last spring where I did my top 10 teams uh, for, for both sports and talk about that. I will also talk a little bit about what went on during the winter sports season as I am going to be joined by on the podcast with a special interview uh, with uh, Zoe Brooks from the St. John Vianney High School girls basketball team. Zoe helped the Lancers win the TOC this year, go 32-1, and one, have a marvelous season, have one of maybe the best seasons we've seen in recent years. So um, it was a pleasure to have Zoe on. You'll hear from her about everything of her recruiting process to the season, to what to expect next, all that good stuff. So we will have some winter sports action here, but we'll talk a lot about the spring sports season and we'll start with the top 10 um, baseball and softball rankings i will also dabble into as you all know my yankees and my giants later on the podcast you know the yankees are off to a blazing start 22 and 8 they beat um i'm filming this on may 11th they beat the jays earlier this afternoon last night aaron judge game winning home run huge walk-off slam they're rolling right now, so I'm loving where the Yankees are at. And then with the Giants, the draft was just a couple weeks ago. You know, we'll talk about what I thought uh, Joe Shane did in his first draft as Giants GM and what to expect, I think, from the players that he drafted. So um, that'll be later on in the podcast. But um, we're going to start with, of course, what we all um, you know, want to talk about, and that is what's going on with high school sports and my top 10 baseball and softball rankings. And we'll start with my top 10 high school baseball rankings here in Central Jersey. So without further ado, here it is, my top 10 Central Jersey high school baseball rankings. And we start in Rumson, where the Rumson Fairhaven Bulldogs are my number one team in the rankings. They're off to a 15-1 and one start. Uh, Coach Stewart has the Bulldogs rolling right now. Their only loss came just the other day to Red Bank Catholic. So they won their first 14 games in a row, came back, got a big win, I believe, over Ocean t- today. So um, good bounce-back victory. Um, they're scheduled to play Howell tomorrow, so that'll be interesting cast because Howell's a, a, a good team. But, um, you know, Rumson, you know, great team. They have a really good pitching staff with um, with um, Goods and, of course, Charlie Jones. I mean, those two guys really give the Bulldogs a good one-two punch in their rotation. And you have other really good players in their lineup that have been having great seasons, like Brian Doherty, uh, Liam Murphy, um, Matt Rigby. Uh, Reese Moroni, like, you know, there's a lot of great players that uh, Coach Stewart has on a team that, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, um, you know, Charlie Tallman, you know, a lot of good players. Unfortunately for Bulldogs, they came up short last year in a sexual tournament. 
this year they're the number you know they're going to be the one more one seed most likely in the central jersey group two tournament and it's theirs it's there to lose so um you know they have a really good team and we'll see how they do but um it's been a great start for the bulldogs they've beaten teams like ranny which was big wins that you know red bank catholic they did lose to them but they beat them before so you know they've got some big quality wins and we'll see how they do moving forward they are not in the monmouth county tournament they did not decide to go into that so um they will not be playing for a county championship but you know they got a shot at a short conference tournament championship and as well as a sectional and a state title so um you know they're number one on my list so the bulldogs start off the top 10 rankings right now midway through the 2022 season at number one at number two on my list we can go with maybe the favorite coming into this season one of the top teams based on what happened last year and as the defending champions in group four, the Middletowns, high school South Eagles. And, you know, there's a fair reason why they came in at number one. And I think for myself, I thought they were the top team coming in. And it's because Coach Lamar has a lot of players back from last year's team. You talk about right off the bat, Ben Shields, your ace, is back. Evan Wood is back, who can pitch and hit. And then you got Joe Stanzione, your big power here in the middle line. So those three guys, you know, really, you know, headline a good team and they've been showing it. I mean, Ben Shields having an amazing season. You know, I covered him first game of the year against Friel Township, pitched a no hitter, had like 16 strikeouts or something like that. He just was, he didn't even have his best stuff. You know, he'll admit that. And he was just untouchable. He had a really good game and he's been pitching lights out. Joe St. Jones having a nice year. So is Evan Wood. And then you got other players stepping up. Will Christopher playing a bigger role. He's more of a designated hitter last year. He's playing more of the outfield this year. He's having a nice season. Um, so he's been doing some good things for them. Uh, Luis De La Cesso, Cesio, excuse me, um, has stepped in as an underclassman and built a nice role in the lineup up at top. So, um, you know, it's been nice to see what, you know, Coach Lamar has been able to do with this team. That is really good. I mean, this is a good, solid team, and they showed it last year, you know, where they made a run to win a championship, and they can still do it t- this year. Uh, I mean, Central Jersey Group 4 is going to be tough. There's a lot of good teams in that section. Um, especially in the short conference, when you think about how Manalpin and Marlboro, um, they can give Milltown South a run for their money. I mean, Manalpin and Howell have beaten Milltown South, so there'll be a lot of good teams in that section, but Milltown South has a good chance of winning, you know, that section. Again, they made it to the finals of the short conference tournament last year when they lost to Red Bank Catholic. They got a shot to win that and repeat as group four champions. So, um, the Eagles continuing to fire on all cylinders. They're right now 15-7. They got a shot to win the Monmouth County Tournament next week. It's going to be on Wednesday night. Um, you know, they'll either play Marlboro or Wall in that game. So they got a shot to win that. So good things going on for the Eagles. They sit number two on my list. At number three on my list is St. Joseph's Metuchen. So I'm going to the Greater Middlesex Conference. And I really think this is the, you know, the GMC Tournament is – you know, the Falcons to lose. You know, I think Coach Murray has overall the best team, you know, roster talent there in the GMC. And, and it starts with their pitching staff. I mean, their top two pitchers in Golden and Donovan Zach, I mean, are amazing. I mean, Donovan Zach's healthy. You know, he's injured last year, comes back this year, Virginia recruit, pitching well. Um, Andrew Golden comes over from Watchong Hills last year, pitched great, continuing to pitch great. Rutgers recruit. So you have two arms like that. You're going to win many games. So um, the pitching is there for them. And then offensively, you know, they got guys like 
Tyler Del Vecchio, who's having a nice season, Josiah Brown, and then behind the plate, the Boston College um, um, commit, Mark Gialassi, um, Gialassi is also having a nice season as well. So, um, you know, top to bottom, probably the best talented roster in the GMC is um, St. Joseph Matushi. And they got a chance to make a good run in the sectional tournament as well. I think they got a great shot winning that. So, um, you know, right now they're 16 and five, number three on my list. Um, the favorites, in my opinion, to win the GMC. And they got, you know, a good shot at winning sectionals, depending on, you know, how they're seeded in that bracket. So um, number three on my list, midway through the 2022 season, is St. Joseph's Metuchen, my top 10 high school baseball rankings here in Central Jersey. And number four, we go back to the Shore Conference, and we're going to go with Rainey. Rainey, you know, having a nice season. You know, I saw them against Keyport. Yeah, that, you know, group one school, it's not going to show you much, but Randy's had a really nice season. They stand at 15-4 on the season. You know, they're really their only slip up this year is is falling to um St. Joe um St. John Vianney in the um Monmouth County tournament in the first round. But besides that, they played really well. They gave Milltown South a game the other day. Milltown South came up that, you know, one, two to one. They lost three, two to Rumson Fairhaven. I mean, they're with teams. I mean, they played really well against teams and they've beaten good teams and they've Play and beating up on the teams that they're supposed to be, you know, seven five win over Del Barton early on this year. So, you know, keyboard has got a good chance, good talented roster, and their section as well can make a run. And then they're another team that can make a run at winning the short conference tournament. So Rainey sits at number four on my list. At number five, right now, I have the Howell Rebels. They round out the top five here in my top ten rankings. And I saw them opening day against Man Alpin. They had that great comeback victory you know Tyler, you know Kane goes out and then the bats went rolling there in the top of the seventh inning for the for the Rebels and they were able to win that game and they're playing really well right now got a nice victory over um Colesnack today they won the A North division they're four um they're now 15-4 on the season um and you know Coach Johnson's got a pretty good team and we'll be interested to see how they do against Rumson you know, how they stack up against them. But, um, you know, Howells, and they beat Milltown South. Um, they've gone up against some top teams and beat them. So they're a good team. It'll be interesting to see how they do. Um, Daniel uh, Furlong's really good ace of that staff, can really pitch well. A lot of different players on that roster has helped the Rebels throughout the season. So um, right now they're number five on my list. They're a, they're a threat to win the short conference tournament and also they're a threat to win Central Jersey Group 4. You know, I, I like I mentioned, they're right up there with um Milltown South. So um rounding up the top five at number five is out. We go to six and I go to the CBC for this one, and that's Notre Dame, who rolled past Robbinsville um in the quarterfinals of the Merchant County tournament, 12-2 to reach the semifinals. And uh they're 15-1 right now. They're just, they're just rolling. The only loss they have this year, I believe, is to um is to Allentown. Um, who's, and, you know, and Allentown's a, is a good team. They're a streaky team at Sounds. Um, they were on a bit of a low there, but that was a big win for them, you know, Coach Nice and, and the Redbirds. But um, besides that, they played really well against other teams, Notre Dame, and they're the favorites to win the Mercer County tournament. So sitting there at number six is Notre Dame, the Irish. At number seven, we go back to the shore, and we go to Ocean County for Jackson Memorial, who advanced to the, uh, I believe, the semifinals of the um, – Ocean County tournament today um, with a nice victory. Um, Crotchville pitched six solid innings um, for them to get an eight nothing victory over Southern. So um, you know, 
that's Morial, good team, and it starts with their pitching. I mean, another great pitcher, great left-hander. And uh, Crotchfeld, Zach Crotchfeld, who's um, going to Auburn, really good pitcher. Um, so right at the top of the rotation. And you got other guys filling in. And, and, and you know, Jackson Morial, as we've seen over the years, they just continue to bring in player after player after player, and, and they don't miss a beat that continue to play well. Chris Kartnick's having a nice season for them. Uh, this year as a senior, Charlie Melton-Nagulino is having a great junior season, really great, show, really good shortstop, um, Tom Kendrick. So um, some really solid players that Coach George has. And, again, Jackson is another team that can make a run in the short conference tournament. They're the favorites to win the Ocean. You know, depending on where they're seated in the sectional tournament, they got a shout to win that too. And, I mean, Zach Crossfield, I mean, he is – I mean – I saw him a couple of years ago in that, you know, World Series that we had, you know, during the pandemic. I saw him and Chris Kartnick both impressed that during that tournament. And he's just continued to blossom. I mean, I would say right now him and, and Shield are my top two pitchers in the state from what I've seen. Now, I haven't seen everybody, but they're the top two that I've seen. But um, really great pitching. And, um, you know, it's helped Jackson Memorial stand at number seven on my list. At number eight is going to be Colts Neck, who tough loss today against um, um, Howell. But still, you know, Coach York's got a really solid team right now. They're 11-5-1 season. You know, going to be a good team that can compete for a Central Jersey Group 3 championship, try to make it back-to-back years of winning that. And they got some good, talented, you know, players and pitching. That's a big thing. They got some good pitching, you know, with Anthony uh, Gubaski and um, Tyler Spencer. I mean, when you have those two guys that can help you win a lot of games. And right now, they're it looks like they're going to win the B North. So they're the favorites to win that right now based on how the season has gone. So, you know, another solid year for the Cougars. And, again, they have a good shot at, I think, winning their section for a second straight season. At number 10, we stay in the show. We go to Rob, um, Red Bank Catholic, who's 14-5 and five on the season. Um, you know, no Panzini, but still, they got some great talent from their short conference championship team last year. And have a shot to make it, I guess, technically three in a row based on what has been going on this season. Um, you know, they knocked off Rumson Fairhaven, got the, gave them their first loss of the season. You know, have had nice ones against Christian Brothers Academy, Freel Township in the um, Monmouth County Tournament. You know, they lost to Middletown South. It's tough to beat a guy like Shield for Middletown South last year in the in the short conference championship. It's tough for them to beat Panzini. So, uh, you, you can look at it either way, but um, they're a good team, Red Bank Catholic, and 14-5 again. In that section with St. John, um, they'll give um, St. Joe's Metuchen maybe a run for their money. Them two had a really good um, champ, um, playoff game last year, uh, the two of them. And then um, lastly, at number 10, I go back to the GMC, and I go with South River, who has been playing really well. They're 16-2, very good for a small school. Um, if they're seeding in Central Jersey Group 2, you know, I don't know if they could beat Rumson, but they can give them a run for their money. You know, Coach Deplore has a really good team, and they beat up on some pretty good teams. So far, it'll be interesting to see how they do as, you know, tournament comes and they're playing against some bigger teams, but um, doing very well for their size. Um, you know, they split with St. Thomas Aquinas, who's really their, you know, the other team in their, um, you know, in the blue division in the GMC that's going to give them a run for their money. But they've been playing really well at South River and. 16-2, I mean, you know, you win 16 games, doesn't mean that you're a bad team. It means you're a good team. So um, that's my top 10. So read and weep. Let me know what you think. I, I always like conversation and what people think about my, my top 10. It, it, it's really good to get that 
interaction with um you know the players and the coaches and the fans you know parents <laughs> really so it, it's fun so um that's my top 10 um i'll be trying to do more of these podcasts and more of these top 10 rankings you know within the next you know few weeks as the season goes on hopefully get like a couple more before the season ends so um, we'll see how things stack up but um you know that's right now the top 10 i mean there's a lot of good teams i've watched i mean um, i've seen the marlboro you know team at times, the Goodman Alpen team at times, Christian Brothers Academy. These are just short teams um, that have made some pretty good teams. Mammoth Regional. So, I mean, there's, you know, it's, you know, a lot of good teams there. And I know I'm being kind of like just talking about the shore here, but um, I've seen a lot of good teams. And you look at GMC too. I mean, um, Old Bridge and um, Monroe I've watched too. They're pretty good teams in that red division as well. So, um, you know, that's my view on my on what the baseball I've seen so far midway through the 2022 season. Um, before I get into my top 10 softball rankings, we're going to uh, go to my interview that I had with uh, Zoe Brooks. And uh, I was very thankful to have Zoe come on the podcast. She actually came on Mother's Day to talk. And, um, you know, Zoe in her first year with the Lancers, you know, she previously played for Trenton Catholic, had a great junior season, averaged over 18 points a game. Um just under five rebounds the game, just under four assists the game. She scored almost 600 points. Um, just an amazing year, and she helped them go 32 and one in SJB and win the last TOC as of right now in uh, the NJS IA history. So, um, a lot of great things. Um, Zoe Brooks was ha- able to help um, the Lancers. Um, you know, complete. You know, the last couple of years they haven't been able. To, they weren't able to play for TOC or anything because of this pandemic. And this year they were, and they made it all worth it. And they had a dominating season. Like I said, you can't even remember, you know, in recent memory, this is maybe one of the best teams I think we've all ever seen that in basketball period, not just in girls basketball, basketball period, how good St. John Vianney was and how they rolled to a championship. They rolled by Rutgers prep for the TOC, and TOC final. Just an amazing season. So uh, without further ado, here's Zoe Brooks talking about her season with the Lancers, talking about her recruiting a little bit and also everything else to look forward to next year. She hopes to help the Lancers win a second straight state championship. So without further ado, here she is, Zoe Brooks. All right, we're back here on the Bass Interaction Podcast, and I am joined by the one and only Zoe Brooks um, from St. John Vianney High School girls basketball team. Zoe, thank you for joining me. It's quite an honor. Um, you had such a great season for SJB. But um, before we get started, I just want to ask, happy Mother's Day to your mom, your grandma. Thank you. you. guys do anything special today or going to after this? Yeah, me and my mom and my dad just went out to lunch. And we'll probably go out later for dinner. All right. Where did you guys go out for lunch? We went to Longhorn. Longhorn Steakhouse. All right. I got you. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I like their New York strip steak. I haven't been there in a while. But that and their bread. I, I remember their bread there. Yeah, I like their bread, yeah. Yeah, it was really good too. So, um, but anyways, um, thank you again for being on the podcast um, to talk about, you know, this great season that SJV just had. Um, one of the best in recent memories. Um, you know, you guys on your run to your uh, TOC championship. Um, what was it like? I mean, you've had a month and a half to kind of process everything. You know, what was it like? You know, going through all that and winning the last TOC ever in uh, the uh, NJJ. SIA history? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I definitely think there was a lot of ups and downs in the season, but we knew when we found out that was the last TOC, we were all excited and we knew we were going to win. We were all confident and we trusted each other. So it was definitely fun going through that experience. 
Have you ever been on a team as dominant as this was? I mean, you guys just rolled through your competition, um, especially in the state. I mean, no one had any real chance against you guys. Even if the team got close, you guys would just storm out to a big lead afterwards. I mean, what was it like playing with, you know, players like Madison and Ashley O'Connor and Megan Callahan? I mean, you guys are just a really dominant force. Yeah, it was good. Um, especially this is honest. This was my first year playing with them, obviously, as we know. But they've been playing with each other for four years, so their chemistry was really strong. And when I came here, I was kind of shocked about how well they played together, and it was just, it was fun playing with them. You mentioned you're new. You know, you come from a really historic program in uh, Trenton Catholic. Uh, you know, talk about your first year at SJB. Was it what you hoped and dreamed of after talking to Coach uh, Carpell and joining the team? It was. I didn't expect to accomplish such big things. I didn't really know what to expect coming in the, um, to come to SJV, but it definitely was bigger than I would ever even imagine. You know, we won a lot of games. We played good competition. We played everybody who we can say is good. You know, we definitely competed every time we stepped on the floor. Um, how much do you think that helped you in your play as you grew as a player? You know, how much do you think that helped you out? I think it taught me how to actually play basketball. You know, obviously I'm skilled and I can shoot and dribble and stuff, but I don't think I actually know how to play basketball. So she definitely taught me how to play defense and where to be on the floor and help me to move when I don't have the ball and stuff like that. Um, I remember talking to you during the season. I think this was after you guys won the short conference championship and I asked you about Coach Carpell and what it's like playing with her, um, playing for her. And you said that competitive fire in practice really helped you out. Um, yeah. Just talk about that. What was those practices like for one and two? You know, what's it just like playing for a coach like that that knows how to be successful and helps to motivate her players to be that way? Practices were always competitive. You know, we always playing some type of five on five or four on four and just competing and. Obviously, every team wants to win, so we're just battling. And every time it was close games at practice, so, you know, it would be physical and rough. And, you know, she'd yell at you if you made a mistake, you know, but you just don't take it personally. You just take it in, listen to what she's saying and how she's saying it. How much do you really think she improved your game just by playing under Coach Carpell this season? I think she improved it a lot, especially on the defensive end, because I feel like I'm more aware of where I'm supposed to be now. Um, we mentioned how good of a junior year season you had. I'm just going to roll over some stats. You scored over 18 points a game, had almost five assists, um, five, um, four assists a game, five rebounds a game. You almost scored 600 points. I mean, it was a really great junior season. When you hear some of those stats, and I, I'm not even mentioning the steals that you had because you were a defensive thief, as I, I would say on Twitter, you did a great job. Um, What's it like being able to accomplish that your junior year? I mean, um, as a player, you know, seeing your growth, come that far uh it was good it was it was different than my sophomore year my sophomore year I averaged more points and I think more assistant rebound overall my stats were better last year but this year I was willing to come into a better team a better um program um and I just had to fit in and do what I do um you know, the last couple of years have been crazy for you. I mean, the COVID situation, transferring schools. As you go throughout this journey, I mean, is it crazy just to sit here and see that good things have come from this, even though you've gone through some maybe tough times or maybe some difficult mm-hmm. situations that many people haven't in their high school careers? Yeah, I definitely. I feel like this year was a lot more challenging. 
I feel like I was a lot more frustrated because, like I was saying, like, I'm, it's a new team, and I had to try and figure out how to fit in with their style of play. Because it wasn't like the way I played, so I had to try and, like, learn it and fit in by the time the season started. And as the season went on, and obviously we're all getting tired and everything, and our bodies are beat up, I still had to figure out how to mentally stay there. How much fun was it playing with the girls? Like even the girls I mentioned, but the whole team. I mean, you guys have a lot of great players, a lot of great cast of characters. I mean, how much fun was it this year playing with this group of team girls? It was a lot of fun. I think our team chemistry was great, and that's what helped us be such a good team because we were all we all liked each other. You know, there's a lot of teams where the teammates don't like each other, but I feel like we liked each other, and that helped us a lot on the court. Um, how grateful for you with the way they accepted you into the program? They definitely took me in. Um, they didn't have to. Obviously, we know that they were the number one team in the state, but they definitely took me in and helped me out as much as they could. They looked at you as someone as a great addition. They didn't look at, hey, we're you know, you're just someone that can help us reach our ultimate goal, right? Yeah. Um. Now on the um, recruiting front, is there any update on your uh, recruiting situation? Or are you still um waiting to talk about that? Um. I like Miami a lot right now. Miami's in the league, so that's pretty much all I have to say. Obviously, I have other schools, but right now, if I had to commit right now, which I'm not, but if I had to commit, I'd probably go to Miami. I got so you. Miami's in the lead. Miami's in the lead. Um, you know, when you look at a player like Madison who's going to Princeton, um, you know, when you see her going to a Division One program, I mean, what are some things you're hoping to take from her to use for your senior year to help you make it better when you go to the college ranks? Uh, kind of just take her mindset. I think the biggest part of her game was her mindset and how consistent she was. So that definitely will inspire me going to my senior year to kind of have the mindset that she had. What was it like competing with a player like Madison? I mean, she was unheralded maybe the best player in the state, and you were right there with her. I mean, you guys are going neck and neck on the same team. What was it like, you know, playing with her and also competing against her? Well, me and Madison train together all the time. You know, we play one-on-one together all the time. And I actually got to be on her team. Uh, we were also on the same team last summer. So, coming into SJV, you know, I felt like I knew her and everything. And it's always fun competing with somebody who's on your, your level and, you know, just as good as you. So, it was definitely always competitive at practices and outside of practices when we just played one-on-one and stuff like that. Um, Are you hoping to make someone else just like Madison next year for you? For your team, because you guys have a lot of great talent still coming back, even though yeah. you lost four really good senior players. Right. I think we'll be all right. I think that we'll all step in, take take big accountability, and we'll be all right. Um, Has the focus shifted already to next season, or have you guys just right now, it's just, you know, playing on your summer and travel teams, and next season won't, you know, talk yeah. about it until the summertime comes around? Yeah, right now we're all just focused on AAU right now. Awesome. Um. I mean, how's it, I, I guess, I don't know how to describe it, but being a champion, I mean, what's that been like for you? Has, has that made you feel different about yourself? Has that made it different when you go into training or anything like that with how much success you guys had this year and winning a state championship in a TOC? I definitely think that people in New Jersey definitely respect us a lot more than they did before we won everything that we won because nobody was expecting us to do that good and be that successful. So I know I walk in with the same mindset to training, you know, just work hard and try and get better, but it does feel good to be a champion. Do you feel like this was the best year ever for basketball for yourself? 
Yeah, for sure. Do you think there's another one in you? Another best yeah. year in you at high school? Yeah, I think I got another one in me. You got another one? Yeah, awesome. Obviously, awesome. Uh, my, first, my freshman year was pretty successful, too, but we got shut down because of COVID, so. Yeah. Um, you know, talk about COVID. I mean, when you guys got shut down, what was your mindset at that time, you know, where you were sitting at, you know, at another school with that was going through a lot of different situations, not only with the pandemic? Right. I was just frustrating, you know, to not be able to actually play basketball and normal. And if you did, you had to wear a mask. And sometimes it was hard to get a gym. It was just a lot of stuff. So COVID definitely taught me a lot of things and changed me as a person and as a player. Awesome. Um, You know, last point. I mean, um, you mentioned you like Miami. Um, Do you have any dreams of playing in the WNBA or any professional ball, anything like that? Yeah, I want to hopefully become a WNBA player and play overseas. And maybe after I'm done with my basketball career, maybe become a coach, college coach or a coach in the WNBA. All right, so not the high school ranks. You don't want to coach the high school ranks? No, I want to coach college. You want to go to the high ranks. Awesome. Well, Zoe, I appreciate you taking some time out of your Mother's Day to come talk to me again. Happy Mother's Day to your mom. Hope you guys have a nice dinner. And Mm -hmm. uh, look, chatting with you. Uh, next season. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. No worries. Bye. 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 And thank you again to Zoe Brooks for coming on the podcast to talk about her first season with the Lancers and helping SJV go thirty-two and one and win the TOC this past winter. So we talked about my top ten high school baseball rankings in Central Jersey uh, before uh, my interview with Zoe Brooks. Now it is time for my top ten high school softball rankings for central jersey and i'll be honest this was probably the toughest one to do without it was the toughest side it was there's a lot of really really good softball programs at the high school level that we cover here at centraljersey.com from this from somerset county and skyline conference to the greater middlesex conference to the shore conference to burlington county the colonial valley conference just a lot of really good teams and it was really tough to <laughs> narrow it down to a top 10 because a lot of teams can make a case that they should be in it. But um, I came up with the top 10 based on what I've seen and based on what I've heard. So um, this is my top 10. Um, I encourage people to reach out to me and say what they think about it, if they think their team should be in it. Because um, a lot of people can make a different case because there's a lot of really, really good teams here in Central Jersey. And I think you're going to see not only a lot of sectional championships, but maybe some state championships from these um, Central Jersey softball teams because there's a lot of good programs here. So um, without further ado, let's start it off. Here's my number one team in my top 10 high school softball rankings for Central Jersey. And my number one team is Middletown High School South, who is a perfect 17-0 on season after their huge victory today over Freehold Township. Another barn burner with Freehold Township. They won 10-9 early on the season. They won 6-5. They came back to win that game. So the Eagles, they have found ways to come back and win games. They've also dominated teams. And, and Coach Smith and her Eagles are just having a really good te- season. You know, and this team, very senior-laden team. You know, last year a lot of players earned, learned experience after coming off a COVID season and not playing. And so far, so good for the Eagles right now. Amanda Domboski is having a really nice season. Jillian Deans, Juliana Damaro, and then in the circle, Hope Mullane. You know, all these seniors are doing great things for the Eagles. And Milltown South, I mean, um, 17-0 right now. 
Um, them and Friel Township will meet for the third time in the um, one of the Monmouth County Tournament Championships, the, the Red Division one this Saturday, which will be a great one to see since their other two contests were decided by one run. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But they got a shot to win that. Um, they could maybe give Donovan Catholic a run for their money or St. John Vianney for a uh, short conference championship. And, you know, Central Jersey Group 4, it's going to be loaded up. There's a lot of good teams. You know, Friel Township's one of them. You got Hillsboro. Uh, there's a lot of good teams there, but um, they got a shot to win that. So um, Middletown South, off to a great start. They're number one on my list. At number two on my list, we go to Burlington County. And right now, I believe the Bordentown Regional High School softball team is my number two team in my top ten. And they've just been very fun to watch. And they've really impressed me from what I've seen. I've seen them a couple times this season. They're 20-1 right now on the season. Uh, they're only lost to Donovan Catholic, who's one of the best teams in the state and defending state champs. So uh, they have proven themselves, Coach O'Leary and the Scotties, this season. They're having a great season. Um, and, you know, I first saw them where you had Allison Hoppy outduel Sarah Davenport from Hillsborough, who's one of the top pitchers in the state and helped Hillsborough win a sectional title and make it to a state final last year. And Allison Hoppy outdueled her through a no hitter. She has over 200 strikeouts this season. So she's doing her thing in the circle. And then at the plate, um, the senior leadership up top from Angelina Marino and Sophia Peterson and Brianna Fisher. All three of those girls are having monster years for board down, helping them win games. So uh, the skies are rolling right now. They're 21 season. There's no county tournaments for them. So right now they're preparing for the uh, sectional tournament, which will be tough. You know, they got Robbinsville again, and they came up short last year in uh, Central Jersey Group 2. So, um, you know, the goal for the skies this year will be to um, – be on top in that game and win their second one in three years. So the Scotties right now are my or four years, excuse me, second one in four years as they are my number two team on the list. They are currently 21 on season. And number three, I have Friel Township. And uh, Friel Township's got on a bit of a roll as of late. They started off the year two and three, and they had all these crazy games where they lost a heartbreaker. They won a crazy game by coming up from a huge deficit against Marlboro. Um, they lost a heartbreaker against Middletown South, and then they lost a heartbreaker against Middletown North, where they came back, took the lead in the sixth inning, and then watched Middletown North get a go-ahead grand slam and win the game in the bottom of the sixth. So it's there's been a crazy season for the Patriots, but they've come on. They played really well. They won 11 straight games before their loss to Middletown South. They got a chance to avenge that in the uh, Monmouth County final um, against them on Saturday. So... You know, the Patriots, they've been coming on. They've been playing good, and they have a lot of talent. I mean, um, the Williams sisters, we can start off with, are having a great season, especially Lyle Williams, Daniel Williams as well. And then you got Nikki Wazina, Luis Wazina, who's having a great season in the circle and also at the plate this season for the Patriots. So, um, you know, the Patriots, you know, having a nice season. They're right now 13-4. They got a shot to avenge their loss against um, Middletown South in that tournament final. And, again, they'll have a shot to win that tournament. Could be for a short conference championship or finals appearance and make a run at a sectional championship. So um, they are number three on my list, Freehold Township. At number four, I have Notre Dame, who is um, 16-3 on the season. Got a big victory over Allentown today in the semifinal to make it to the championship game. They've been playing really well. And um, so the Irish right now um, are my top team in the CVC, and they're my top team. And they're my number four team, excuse me, in my top 10 and at number five this might surprise some people but i'm going by my eye test at number five i have hillsboro you know rounding out my top five and top 10 and a lot of it goes with 
Um, Sarah Davenport, I mean, she, I think she's the best pitcher I've seen in the, in, in the last two years. Um, and when you have her in the circle, you have a chance to win any game. And that's what Hillsborough has. And I think with Hillsborough, who's been playing really well of late, I think they're like 6-2 and two in their last eight games. Um, they've been playing well. They've been starting to hit. Um, you know, Victoria Fantazzi's having a nice year. So is Claire Murphy. Van Ness at the top of the lineup's doing some good things for them as well. So at the end of the day, with them starting hitting uh, Daya Patel, the senior first baseman is doing some big things as well. She's starting to hit. As they've started to hit and find ways to win Hillsborough, you know, they're going to be very dangerous because, like I mentioned, anytime you got Sarah Davenport, who I think is top three or four pitchers in the state, best pitcher I've seen in Central Jersey in the last couple of years, um, she can do some major things. You can win any game. So um, different phases from last year's sectional championship team, but Hillsborough, I think, can make another run at sectional title. They got a shot winning a Somerset County championship. I believe that final is on uh, Friday, so we'll see if they win that. And, um, you know, add more um, hardware to their ledger. So Hillsborough rounds up the top five. They're 9-5 and five on, on the season. At number six, I have SJV. Um, who right now is 15-2 and two and looking like the SJV of old. They had a down year last year, but um, they're, they're playing very well this year. They'll take the B North. They, they've really done a great job in their division. They're 13-0 right now in their division. Um, you know, Coach Kim Lombardi has a really, really solid team again this year. You know, they lost to Friel Township. That was a tough loss to them. They lost to Jackson Memorial, two really, you know, good teams in the short conference, but they've done really well against anybody else, and uh, they can do big things again in their section and compete for a sectional championship. So right now, um, I got St. John Vianney at number six on my list. At number seven, I stay in the shore. I go with Red Bank Catholic, who's 15-5 this season. Um, they've had some very quality wins. They're the top team in the A Central. I have them at number seven. And number eight, I go back to CBC and I go with Allentown, who, you know, they came up short against Notre Dame. They lost five to one today, but big win against Robbinsville in the quarterfinals of the Mercer County tournament, three to two. I saw them in, in the uh, Jimmy Griffin Classic where they beat Tom's River South, who's a really good team in, in uh, the Shore Conference, and they won six to one without any of their top two pitchers in, you know, pitching in that game, um, you know, Kaylee Muzinski showed how good of a pitcher she can be in that game. So they found another, you know, another good arm in that rotation, who's also their top bat in their lineup. But, you know, Coach Dawson has a really good team who can win in many ways. They can find ways to play small ball and manufacture runs to win games, or they can go for the long ball and go for some, you know, doubles and, you know, play big and win games. So they have a really good team, um, you know, and with their two pitchers, Scarlett LaFisca, Carly Noble, and then you add, Kelly Muzinski there who can come in at different spots and help you win. They have a formidable team that can compete for a Central Jersey Group 3 championship. Other highlights from the Redbirds this year, Emily Lowcamp, Stella Logan, Emily Zupa, all three players having marvelous seasons for the Redbirds. So I have them at number eight on my list there, 13-4. I think they got a shot at winning possibly Central Jersey Group 3. They're going to have to contend with a team like Steiner, who's always in the final somehow. But um, I think they can give them a run for their money, and uh, they got a good shot at, you know, at least making it to a sectional final. They made it to a semifinal last year against Colts Neck, who went on to win the sectional championship and the state championship in Group 3. I think Allentown has a shot at making it to a sectional final. They are number eight on my list. And number nine, I have Jackson Memorial, who stands at 14-4 right now. And then at number 10, I had Milltown South. I mean, Milltown North. Excuse me, no, Milltown South is my best team. Milltown North at 14-9. They are my number 10 team. So um, 
And that's my top 10. Um, like I mentioned, it was tough. It was tough. This was the toughest one I had to do in a long time, even from last year. I'm really coming to terms with the top 10, the sophomore rankings, because there's so many good teams. So um, this is what I came up with. Let me know what you think. Uh, I just want to mention some other teams that have really sparked my eye this season. Spotswood has had a really great start this season. Um, they're 17-2. And, again, they're a team in Central Jersey Group 2 that can make some noise. I think they're a really good team. St. Thomas Aquinas, again, I think is probably overall the best team in the GMC like they were last year. They're 15-6, but they're having a really good season. Um, but touching is unbelievable this year. They're 17 2. They're rolling right now. They have a shot winning their section. So um, those are three teams I want to mention from the GMC. And then also in the short conference, I really like what Raritan's doing. I know they've come up short in their tournaments, but um, 14 and 5, they got some good talent um, there as well. And then you got Marlboro and Howell. Their overall records don't show anything, but. I mean, there are teams that have won some big games this year, and they can maybe upset a team here in the uh, sectional tournament. Also, Madawan, 9-8. Um, they got some decent players. They can do some big things for you. Burrow has had a nice year as well. So those are some teams that, you know, I thought about. Definitely deserve some pub for what they've been able to accomplish this season. So there it is. There's my – Top 10 high school softball rankings here in Central Jersey as we hit the midpoint of the 2022 season. So there you have it. My first top 10 high school baseball and high school softball rankings here in Central Jersey for the spring season of 2022. We're at the midway point, a little above the midway point. So we'll be interested to see what happens from here on out. Let me know what you think of the rankings. And like I mentioned, I should be doing a couple more of these rankings in the coming weeks as we get further and further into the season as I get back and doing more of these podcasts after not doing them for a while. So um, to end this edition of Bass Interaction, I want to talk about what's going on with my pro sports teams, my big fandoms of the uh, New York Giants and the New York Yankees. And um, we'll start with the Yankees who are having a great season. I mean, so far, 22-8. and eight. And there's a lot of question marks coming in, and especially when the lockout ended with all the trades, with trading away Gary Sanchez, with trading away Gio Urshela, and, and going with kind of Falefa, and picking up Josh Donaldson, Donaldson's contract, not signing any of these big-time free agent shortstops, not going after Freddie Freeman, um, which I was against going after because I think Rizzo is just as good as Freddie Freeman, maybe a tier below Freddie Freeman, but man, have you seen how much Rizzo has meant for this team defensively and offensively? He's a great, great, solid professional um, baseball player and a great first baseman defensively, especially. So, um, you know, I think, you know, there were a lot of people were very optimistic. People were slamming Cashman about what he was doing with this team. They didn't sign Judge to a long time, long term extension, and, you know, risking maybe, you know, losing in free agency possibly, depending on what he does this year. Um, and he put, you know, he put it on himself. He wants to get a big time contract like a Mike Trout contract. He thinks he's worth it. And so far this season, he's proven that he's almost up there. I mean, the big walk off home run will be one of his top three moments so far as Yankee, but. He's been having a really solid year. He's been staying healthy. Him and Stan, which is important. Knock on wood, that stays the same the rest of the season. But um, I've been very impressed with what the Yankees have been able to do. Um, you take six of nine from the Blue Jays to start off the year, and the Blue Jays were the heavy favorites. I mean, people talk about the Rays who won the division last year. Everyone's talking about the Blue Jays. Well, they got 
their pitching situated. They got all these bats. They're just going to match people. And the Yankees have done a great job against them. They've won six of nine. So they've done a great job against them. This was big two games they've won here at the stadium recently. So um, I really like what this Yankees team is doing. Glaber looks like the Glaber of old. So does DJ LeMayu. Um, one thing I will say about Glaber is he's not going to hit for a tough high average. He's going to have times where he tries to pull the ball and, and he doesn't take the approach that he should do all the time, which is go the opposite way or go to the right center or center field. Because when he does that, he gets lift. He can hit the ball with power to right center, especially at Yankee Stadium and find gaps. Um, he gets a little too pull happy at times, but um, he's having a really nice year, and it's great to see him come around. DJ's doing a great job getting on base. You know, the issues with the Yankees are, is this in their lineup. Aaron Hicks, who I've never been a big fan of, and people have heard me on here. I think he's just some athletic guy that they went after. And, yeah, they didn't give up really anything to get, but I really don't think he's mattered so much. Yeah, he can play, but I think you're, you're seeing right now, and he can get on base. I mean, the biggest thing, he draws a lot of walks. So he does a great thing as a leadoff hitter is he can get on base and everything else. But um, he's in a wicked slump right now. Doesn't do well with runners in scoring position this year, that's for sure. And is not as good defensively as he used to be because of his arm, um, his wrist and arm problems as of late. His injury history has affected him. You know, he used to have a cannon. That's not the case right now. But, you know, him and Gallo. And Gallo, you know, I think with Gallo, he's the typical player who's going to strike out a lot. He'll get hot at times. But... He's not the player the Yankees thought they were going to get. He's a little below that. I'm not saying he's that bad. I think he's going to have stretches where you're going to love him. You're going to have stretches where you're going to hate him. But he's not going to be this big-time player I think the Yankees thought they were going to get um, and somebody that they might have to think about replacing after this season. But um, I think both guys at least can give him something in depth um, and help them out in this lineup. And I think, you know, they have pieces – in the minor leagues, whether they bring up Andujar or Estion Floreal or somebody that can help out as well in the outfield. Um, I did not mention Brett Gardner. If they sign Brett Gardner, fine. They do. Maybe he wants to get a ring. Maybe that'll happen. But um, maybe midway through the season, who knows? But um, I don't think he will, but who knows? Who knows? But um, hopefully they start to hit. But um, I'll say this right now, your best lineup is judge and center. Right now, Stanton right, Gallo in left, um, DJ at third base, Connor Falefa at short, um, Glaber at second, Rizzo at first, um, DH Donaldson. And then, you know, I catcher uh, right now, it's Trevino. I mean, I like Higgy, but I, I don't know. Listen, I was a big Gary guy, I was a big Gary supporter. He made me go crazy with these um, lack of effort plays he would give. So, um, and I think he's actually once he gets healthy and settled into Minnesota, I think he's gonna actually gonna have a pretty good year for them. Um, but the biggest thing is behind the plate; they haven't really been hitting much. Trevino has done okay at getting on base, but the big thing is they've done a great job defensively at catching, and I think you can live with that. You know, when you can save runs and do those little things, it helps you out. So, um. I'm fine with them not hitting as much. I expect Higgy to start hitting some for power. He's not going to get on base a lot. He's not going to get, he's going to strike out a lot, but I do hope that his power numbers go up in these next coming um, months of the season as we get through it with Trevino. 
On the pitching side, I mean, that's the biggest thing for the Yankees. Their pitching is just amazing, top to bottom. And that's one thing I was thinking of coming into the season. Everyone's, like, not talking about how good this pitching staff can be. Um, you know, with Garrett Cole, who's an ace, okay, and he's now pitching like it. I know he didn't start the season pitching like it, but he finally is. But with him, Severino coming back, I think people are down on Montgomery. I think Montgomery's a solid pitcher. He doesn't get enough run support, but he keeps you in games. He pitches really well. Tyone's pitching really well, had a great game against, you know, the Blue Jays the last two outings, you know, kept the Yankees in games and, and limited damage, and they won those games, and he got the win there. And then the X factor was Nestor Cortez, who has become a great find for the Yankees and has become just a stellar pitcher. So they, you know, they're really the Yankees have a great rotation, and the important thing is they have depth. They have guys down um, in Scranton or in the bullpen that have had starter experience that have done good things. You know, Michael King, I think, is going to stay in the bullpen for the long time for, for the foreseeable future because he's been so valuable there and having a great time, a great start there. But um, Clark Schmidt, build him up. You know, we'll see with Luis Gill. We'll see how he does. Um, he Luis Heal, excuse me. We'll see how he does with his start against Chicago as well. But there's a lot of arms down there that the Yankees have that can make some noise. And I think that's the one thing about the Yankees. They have a strong um, – weapon of arms in their starting rotation, as well as their bullpen. And their bullpen is lights out. And, you know, Chapman, I don't think Chapman's going to be the Chapman of old. And he can't, he's not going to be lights out, lights out. But I think he's finding ways to get out of trouble without his best stuff. And once you learn that, you can be a very good closer. I think he's realizing that, not just to be a thrower, but to be a pitcher. And I think that's the biggest thing with him. But, you know, Clay Holmes, Michael King, um, Chad Green, um, and the wise guy, I mean, those are really good arms for you. And then, um, they found something in Castro, um, you know, who's been pitching really well, I think for them, hasn't gotten a lot of credit there. Peralta, they got a lot of good arms. Um, Licky, you know, I think that's the biggest thing for the Yankees is their bullpen and their starting rotation have been lights out. It's one of the best in baseball. And I don't know if they're going to keep this two and a half ERA going. It's going to be tough to do, but that's the one thing about them. They have. They're really strong in that department, and that's going to help them, especially in this division where I think the Rays are not as strong in their starting rotation in their bullpen as they have been in the past. You're seeing um, Toronto um, have issues with their starting rotation and their bullpen. The Red Sox are all over the place, and you know Sale hasn't even pitched yet. I don't think about the Orioles, of course, but um, they have the advantage, Yankees, and I think that's going to help them. And listen, I predicted them from day one to win. Um, I tweeted out on Twitter, like, I had them winning this division, and I think they will. I really think the Yankees can, and happy so far. They're 22-8. and eight. It's a long season. It's crazy things can happen. We've seen that, but right now they're playing great. Um, they got a tough stretch. They're playing, like, 23 games in 22 days, so it's going to be uh, interesting how they deal with that. But, um, and, you know, they have a four-game stretch with Chicago, who's, you know, the White Sox made the playoffs last year, you know, a top World Series contender coming into this season. So be interesting to see how they do against them. They've been able to handle them the last couple of years. So I hope that it's the same this year, but um, you know, they've been playing really well, the Yankees, and it's been great to see um, New York in general. I mean, the Mets, um, you know, last I looked tonight, they weren't doing so well, but the Mets have had some, you know, I ran a great season. They have over 20 wins this year. They're, they have a seven game lead in their division. Um, no, I thought the Phillies would be way better than they were. The Phillies have made me look like, dreadful this year they've been not that good they haven't really been hitting much and when they hit 
their bullpen can't save the game. Their bullpen has been so bad. And besides Wheeler, their starting rotation really hasn't been that great. So uh, um, that was my bad choice for me thinking they were going to make the playoffs. But um, I think the Braves will turn it around. But the Marlins have been the story there. The Marlins look pretty good in, in that division. So um, it's been a great time for baseball right now in New York, you know, with both the uh, Yankees and Mets doing um, great things. Um, so before I go, the last thing I will mention is the New York Giants, as they just had the draft, which was a big success for the Giants. You know, as if many have saw my video on Twitter, like I mentioned, I mean, they, they hit the jackpot. They hit the jackpot in the first round. The draft fell perfectly for Joe Shane in that they were get, able to get Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. They were able to get a great edge rusher and a great defensive end on their defensive line. And then they got a solid offensive lineman that can play a tackle or anywhere in the trenches. And you win games in the trenches. That's the bottom line. You win games in the trenches. And I think the Giants did a great job. The way that draft fell, where they made some great decisions there. And those two guys from day one can be a big impact on this team. Um, I will say that people are like, oh, Dave Gelman would not make those picks. I think Gelman would have made some of the same picks. I don't know if it would been the same players, but I think they it would have been the same positions. I will say that. I think Gelman would have gone – with that because I think the draft just fell that way that he would have done that as well. So I don't see a big difference from Joe Shane and Dave Gettleman there. Um, the rest of the draft, yes, with making trades back and getting as many picks as they did with, um, I think they had, well, 11 picks. You know, Joe Shane did a good job with that, finding great players and really, you know, find, you know, really getting depth on the offensive line, you know, got another receiver and then filled in holes on defense as well. Um, it'll be interesting – you get with Wendell Robinson from Kentucky, a guy that's like a Sterling Shepard. I love Shep, but I think Shep's on his last leg, and he had, he's coming back from Achilles injury, so it's going to be tough for him to come back. But um, it's going to be very interesting. But I think that'll be a nice find. It'll be interesting to see how, you know, Dayball can use him in the offense with um, Slayton and Shepard and Tooney. So, and of um, course, Galladay. Um, you know, Cordell Flott, I think, can be a really good cornerback, played in the SEC against some really good wide receivers, long-range corner. Um, Daniel Bellinger, the tight end from San Diego State, I think was a good pick, good find in the fourth round. He can block. The Giants need a really good blocking tight end, and I think they found that um, in what they were able to get there. And I think, you know, Dane Belton, the uh, safety from Iowa, was another good find in the fourth round. And um, one thing I will say is that with the offensive line, they, you know, they really like North Carolina guys, you know, they went in the interior with both of those, um, picks and, you know, the biggest one is, uh, Joshua, as you do, who, um, has a shot at, um, starting from day one, possibly, but he at least gives the Giants some depth there in the tier. I mean, I think Shane Lemieux can make a run at starting again there at guard and we'll see with Nick Gates. I mean, Nick Gates is a warrior, man. Guys, the Warriors trying to come back from this injury. So um, I think the Giants, their offensive line is going to be way improved, especially with what you what you perceive is having, um, you know, Andrew Thomas at left tackle and Evan Neal at, at, at right tackle and then filling in the inside positions with um, center and in the two guard spots with quality, depth, and good players there. So I think they did a good job there. And, um, you know, you know, we'll see. Um, moving forward, I thought, you know, Makaya McFadden, their linebacker from Indiana, is a good solid pick as well. So um, they got guys that um, I think can make an impact, can give them depth. You know, same thing really what Gettleman and, and Judge did in their time with the same thing. But, um, 
you know, I think the biggest thing with the Giants is you're rebuilding this roster. You're building this team into what fits Dayball's system. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that goes there and also the defensive system. So um, we'll see how things go. I, you know, they have a uh, – they only have a tough schedule, the Giants. Let's just say that. And I don't think their division is <clears> – let's <throat> well, be honest, the um, NFC East is very mediocre. Um, I mean, the Cowboys are the best team because they have the best quarterback in Dak Prescott. But, you know, I don't think the Eagles, even though they did have a nice draft and, you know, people could talk about they got A.J. Brown, that they're going to be such a great team. I don't know. I mean, we'll still see what Jalen Hurts can do. He didn't wow me. You know, I mean, listen, for six quarters against the Giants who were playing for nothing in those games, he was like borderline pathetic. He did not play well. He lost. He could have lost those games, both games for the Eagles. So he didn't play well at all. But um, and then you got Carson Wentz with the commander too. You know, we'll see what Washington can do. They, they, you know, they lost some pieces as well. So. I don't know. It's a winnable division. I, I will say this. The Giants will be a way improved team. I mean, I, we still have to see what happens with cuts and how things look in training camp and what have you. But I think the Giants, with the pieces that they've been able to give um, Daniel Jones um, at the offensive line, sharing that up, giving him some pieces on the outside. I think Daniel Jones is going to have a nice season and is going to give the Giants a really tough Really tough decision to make at the end of the year, whether they keep him or not. I'm a believer in Danny Dimes. I think he's going to have a great year. I think the Giants can win seven games, possibly. I really do. I don't know if that'll make them a playoff team or something like that, but I really think the Giants can go 7-10 this year based on their schedule and uh, based on what they've been able to do in the draft and in free agency. So um, that's what I think. Um, we'll see how things go. Rookie mini camps and mini camps and training camps, all that good stuff. So I look forward to that. Hopefully I can get Jordan Renan on again, like I did last year in the summer to talk Giants football and training camp as well. So um, that's been my take on the Giants and the Yankees. Thank you all for listening to my Bass Interaction podcast. Yes, I know it's been a long time and everything else, but I was glad to at least talk to you guys. I'm losing my voice right now and interact with you guys. Please, you know, let me know. Message me on Twitter. Um, what you think? Um, what you think of the rankings for both the softball and baseball rankings? Any other notes you want to mention? I'm always up to um, hearing back from people um, in any different way. So I um, hope you all have a great rest of your weekend. Um, should be, you know, hopefully the rain stays off and we have a better weekend than we did last year weather-wise. Hope everyone had a great Mother's Day. Um, you know, I get to spend mine with my mom as she comes back. She had, she had a trip to Savannah. In Charleston, so I'm looking forward to um, a, a late Mother's Day spending that with her uh, this weekend as well. So uh, thank you all for listening. This has been another edition of Bastin Interaction.